Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Talk. Recorded live. Recorded live. Do you think it's the same guy who does talk shoe and recorded live? I, th- I think it's the same guy pretending to be two guys. Uh, this is the SteelerFury.com podcast. I'm your host, Brad Chada Ben. Uh, it's um, it's it's Ravens Week. It's very exciting, even though it's a short Ravens Week, and we're right up against the game tomorrow. But uh, here to talk Steelers football with two of my favorite favorite cohorts and Steelers fans. Um, the the first is the author of the the fifth quarter uh, wrap up of the Steelers games this season and every season. His name is Steel Perch. He's with us. How are you, sir? Happy International Podcast Day to you. <laughs> it is indeed, right? And uh, yesterday was International Coffee Day, so this is like my week for <laughs> sure. Uh, also with us uh, from somewhere in the land of deliverance or thereabouts, not quite. South Carolina is actually a little, you know, I'm sorry, South Carolina. I didn't mean to offend you that way. Um, <laughs> somewhere from south of the Mason-Dixon line, shall we say, uh, is uh, our favorite Steeler pundit, our favorite curmudgeon on the show. His name is FC. He's with us. How are you? I'm doing Sorry. fine. I would like to point out that South Carolina has the most diverse political, you know, representation where we have an Indian governor and Nikki Haley, an African-American senator and Tim Scott, and we have the first gay senator um, that's out in Lindsey Graham. I mean, everybody knows about Lindsey Graham. So. <laughs> Wait, you stole my line. You totally stole my life, <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Damn you. I've been reading my Twitter. Um, get out of my head. Yeah, it's true. It is. It is. Uh, however, it's, it's, it's very diverse. But here's the problem with South Carolina. It's an image issue. It has South in its name. Yeah. You know, so people assume it's in the South. I'm just right. saying. It's um, actually, in, or everyone thinks it's Myrtle Beach. No. <laughs> we're not a bunch of hicks and everybody doesn't live at the beach it's a shame if only the hicks lived at the beach i would live at the beach i'd be a hick right now if uh, i could live at the beach hurricane i don't know what the fucking name is i know it's really joaquin joaquin there we go i'm glad i don't really probably live too close to the beach yeah this is true there won't be as much beach this time next week anyway listen guys some uh the steelers played a game on sunday the turf caught on fire not from Antonio Brown running on it, uh, but, uh, you know, a certain quarterback's knee did not survive the encounter. Perch, let's start there. Um, it's, not the, it's not the death knell. I mean, tell the truth, though. You, when you saw him go down and you saw the pain he was in, you assumed he was gone for the year, didn't you? No, you got, you got your sensor ready before I answer that. I'm not going to repeat <laughs> what I said at the time, but... Yeah, to me, I was pretty much walking out of the room thinking the season was over. The way he went down and and uh, some people I uh, were sitting next to watching the game were in the medical field, and they started explaining in graphic detail how the knee doesn't have a joint there, and it shouldn't bend that way, and he probably tore all three ligaments in his knee. And then, 
you know, so needless to say, I threw a handful of people out of the room and told them to get the hell out. And... You should have told them to come in <laughs> and you should have told him to come in during the game thread. I said, um, sprained MCL, bone bruise, out six weeks. Yeah. Game thread. So um, Two minutes after it. I, I, I didn't think for one moment it was the ACL. I really think it's we've, all, we've all seen Ben take hits over the years and, and suffer some injuries. We've never seen him just drop the ball and roll around on the ground in pain like that and not get up. You know, he's, How about he's that? Always I'm going to go post a video right now. Of the Luis Castillo hit from 2005, identical. it's almost the same. Exactly, I was going to say the same identical. thing. Yeah, identical. but how many, ga- how many games did he? How many games did he miss that time, FC? Four time, four games, and I'm figuring since he's a little bit older, that uh, I'm going to give it. Say it's going to take him two more weeks to heal. No, let me put it this way: if the playoffs started in two weeks, I think he would start. Yeah, well, the, the playoffs the almost do. Issue. Yeah. Well, that's painful at the very least. But, uh, but Perch, you you posted something that uh, was talking about the, you know bone bruise. Like the one thing you don't want to do with it is expose it to another contact. <laughs> Just like I guess playing football and quarterback, nobody's ever going to hit you, right? Yeah, the Dr. Chow, the sports guy on uh, who's on Twitter now, kind of put some posts out there and and some articles on it that. Uh, you know, you risk having arthritic knee if you come back from that too soon and, and re-injure it a second time where, you know, the, the, the inside of the bone's actually fractured in some way and it needs to heal and it's not just a pain issue. So, obviously, they're going to be smart with him. You know, they, they want to keep him around for a number of years and, and not brush him back. So, you know, it really comes down to how, you know, what position are they on and how, how well is Michael Vick playing over the next two, three, four weeks you know, if they're if it comes down to that Bengals game and they pretty much need a win and uh, to have any chance of, of you know staying in the playoff race, do they rush Ben back or not? You know, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I'm sure they're going to err on the side of caution with him. They don't want to you know risk you know, further further damage or you know career that threatening injury uh, because of this one. CFC, I think Perch hit the key point on the head. It's how long Ben is going to be out is really about how Michael Vick plays, isn't it? I mean, he goes 500 or better, they're, right. they're going to be inclined to keep him. What I do disagree with is how the Steelers are handling the injury. Ben wouldn't be on the sidelines talking to Michael Vick if, if I had my way. My, uh, ben right now would be in an airplane with his wife heading to Germany to get uh, the you know platelets and the, uh, the plasmosis. Basically, Don't they do that here now? What's that? No, it's illegal in this country. Yeah, that's why Peyton Manning had to go to Germany. All, you know, um, basketball player, I name it escapes me. Uh, Derek Rose? Uh, Thompson, Derek no, no, Thompson, yeah. Thompson um, from the Golden State Warriors. She oh. came back from a high ankle sprain in 10 days after wow. uh, getting that plasma stuff. Uh, I think that's his name. Uh, plays for Golden State, the really good shooter besides for Stephen Curry. I think his last name's Thompson, Kyle Thompson or something. I don't want to say his name. Is. But Maybe, uh, no, I, it's illegal to do here. Well, hey, maybe it would be okay if he went to the German embassy in, say, New York, which is really <laughs> Germany, and then it would be legal there. That I'm sounds sure. like a better solution I, to I, me. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a German embassy in Pittsburgh. Large German population <laughs> in Pittsburgh still. Yeah, I need some yeah. of that uh, plasma uh, pharesis. <laughs> yeah, I need you to go to Pantsonat. <laughs> Pantsonat also, yeah, exactly. Well, at any rate, I mean, I, you know, I, I – I sort of feel hopeful about it. I don't think it would, it wouldn't shock me if they are really conservative with it and he misses the six weeks. But I would say that 
you know, this is this is Ben we're talking about on a team where he's starting to get the feeling, I think you could tell from the way he reacted to the injury, that this is, you know, maybe one of his last best chances to uh, to trot an offense like that out there and feel like he's got a chance to, to get somewhere with this team. I, I just, I have a feeling that he's, you know, they're going to have to hold him back from playing if it's necessary to hold him back. That's more like that's a more likely scenario to me than him missing six weeks. I would say two or three weeks is is more likely, especially this stretch of the of the uh, the schedule, especially with Cincinnati coming in and stuff. It just it just feels like if if they go zero and two, let's say worst case with Mike Vick in two games, I, I find it very difficult to believe that Ben would not try to tough it out and play, just because that's how he rolls. We've we've seen it, you know, for his whole career. And as you said, not as young as he was in two thousand five. But uh, still, uh, you know, I think he's going to have a desire to get the job done. But it's not going to happen this week. Uh, before we get to talk about the Ravens and take some calls, we've got three callers on the line. Um, just a quick, quickly on the wrap-up uh, perch for, for St. Louis, um, the way they came out and started this game was sort of – it was a similar, menta- similar goal of what uh, you stated you would do in last week's show when we talked about it to try to take their defensive line out of it. They, they threw to the edges quickly and so on. But were you, were you surprised that they kind of went away from that after having so much success early in the game? Yeah, it was a weird sort of a flow of the game. I mean, it looked like they couldn't be stopped those first couple drives. And uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what changed, if it was the play calling change or if the Rams just started getting home a little bit more or what, you know, what it really was, which kind of Tomlin alluded to in the uh, – press conference was they got behind the sticks because they were getting penalties on first down. I mean, but to me, the key play of that game was, you know, after uh, the Rams went for that uh, fake punt and failed and, and the Steelers got the ball near midfield and Ben dropped back and hit Miller to down to the 38 and Beecham had hands to the face. And then now they're facing first and 20 and, and you know, that, that, that drive just, you know, he throws the, the deep interception on, on second and 19 and then after that, the next drive, it was the same sort of thing. It was holding and then a sack, and then they kept getting behind the sticks where they couldn't, you know, run the offense that they want, they wanted to run. And it's just, you know, you get those games sometimes. You know, and credit to the Rams. They've got a really good defense, and especially that defensive front. And, and you know, that's the reason that the holding calls came, because guys were getting their ass kicked. <laughs> you know, but, see, but see, F- FC, this is my problem, is you had them on the ropes in the beginning of the game and didn't finish the job. And it's not just – you know, the, okay, I, Calvin Beecham obviously did not cut Robert Quinn the way he's supposed to on that little, that quick little pass to Le'Veon. You got Le'Veon Bell on the flat with Heath Miller blocking for him. That's that's a certain touchdown if the ball gets to Bell, you know, or near, nearly certain touchdown. And Beecham has one job on that play, correct? It is it's to cut Robert Quinn so that he can't do what he did. Um, yeah, um. I agree. Um, so so, so a, why I, not go back to why not go back to that play? You know, the, the next Steelers play they really, did something entirely they, different. They don't, I don't cut understand. down the edges very often. I mean, if you think about, um, I I don't know if if he actually really. You would think that he was coached to chop them down, but the Steelers don't really chop down defensive ends a ton. I do agree with the play calling. Um, I think what really screwed up the flow was. Uh, the, the illegal hands to the face and uh, the holding to Beecham and then the holding to DeCastro. Those are the three that stand out in my mind. I think two of the three of the calls were absolutely atrocious. 
atrocious to enough where I don't think the referee should step on the field this week. I think he deserves it was separate referees, the umpire and the side judge for that game, I think should definitely be looked at because they made calls that changed the flow of the game. They're absolutely fucking brutal. The Beecham call on the illegal hands to the face is horrible. It's absolutely horrible, and it's not – I mean, it, it, it's very clearly stated in the rules. If the defender is losing his balance and basically hand splints and the contact is to the head, is slight and is not constant because it wouldn't be illegal hands to the face. It would be face mask if he's pulling on his head. Then it's not a penalty, and that's what happened on the Beecham call. It was bad. You, um, Quinn yeah. lost his balance and basically did a head plant, and Beecham hit him in the head just with his punch. And that happens just about every play. And he got, you know, the legal hands to the face. I thought it was a brutal call. The, the, call, the hold on the Castro against Brockers, I thought it was kind of bad. But it has to be made. Um, Todd Haley, I think, has his script, and he's sticking to it no matter what for the first 15 or 20 plays. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but he did a great job with formations early in that game. And he's seen what matches, you know, he was going to get. And um, I think as the game went on, I think the Steelers – I think if Ben doesn't go down, I think the Steelers won that game by 17 points, easily by 17 points. Yeah, it just felt like it just was a matter of time maybe, but, uh, yeah, hard to say. Um, but as far as the defensive side of it, I mean, I guess, you know, it's you look at what the Steelers did on defense in that game, the Rams really don't have a whole lot going on. But on the other hand, the Steelers didn't really let them get anything going, did they, Perch? No, it, yeah, like I said, it was just that that sort of game where uh, just you know the Steelers on on offense got things going early, and, and the Rams just you know didn't have much of an offense to keep up, and it was one of those you know Jeff Fisher, Bill Cowher kind of games where you knew it was going to come down to you know a couple field goals or a field goal game, and nobody was going to score a whole lot. So you know we might have to prepare to rely on defense the next couple of weeks with Vic in there too. So it's going to be a, a different sort of Steelers team than we had predicted on seeing with the high scoring offense, you know, with Ben out for the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so FC, what did you make of, uh, Ross Cockrell who now, I mean, do you, do you think that he's moved up in the pecking order that even when Cortez Allen is healthy, we're still going to see more of him and playing ahead of Boykin too? I, I, I didn't have any complaints. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, you know, uh, it's going to be probably he's going to be th- is going to be test by fire. You know, uh, what do we have in Boykin? I'm not certain. What do we have in Cockrell? I'm not certain. I mean, I think they both you know played fairly well against the Rams. Um, Cortez Allen, I, I it's going to take more for him to keep a, to keep that job. He's going to have to you know earn it. And I think the Steelers for the first time in a while have abundance of pretty good corners. I think Cockrell's a pretty good corner. I think that that Cockrell and uh, Boykin both should maybe be ahead of Blake. And I love a lot of things about Blake. Um, but, you know, he's just limited by his size. And I know Boykin's not much bigger, but I think Boykin's a little bit more fluid than Blake. If you know what I mean, he just seems to cover yeah. more. He has a better sense of body control and coverage where he's not grabby. I think Blake is kind of grabby like Ike Taylor was, you know. He gets a little bit concerned when the ball's in the air and his first, you know, 
decision is to go after the man instead of, you know, believing in his positioning and his speed and his, you know, his foot speed and his ability to make plays on the ball. On the other hand, Blake has, since that Gronkowski game, whenever he was embarrassed in the New England game, he's actually come out and laid the wood. Yeah, and it's a game this week. Um, Purchase, before we move on, uh, I know there's a guy who plays on the defensive line that you've had your eye on who's also uh, off to a great start this season. Stefan Tewitt. That was uh, was my guy in the draft last year, and he's just been outstanding. You know, once he's got healthy, he's, you could tell that the game slowed down for him. I think part of that is, you know, Keith Butler's simplified things and let him attack a little bit more, and the other part is it's the second year in the system. But uh, he's been clearly the best player in the defense, you know, by far. Um, and that's, you know, that's the thing. If you could start, you know, it, at some point on that side, you're going to have a pass rusher, you know, on, on the outside, and, and Bud Dupree's going to develop too. And when you've got Tuitt and Dupree on that side and Cam Hayward on the other side, it's a pretty good, you know, pretty good trio of pass rushers right there, and then whatever they can get from Harrison and Jervis Jones on uh, on the other outside linebacker spot, they've got pretty good front seven. You know, I like the front seven. It's, you know, the arrow's definitely pointed up for those guys. Well, I tell you what, guys, we're going to start with the front seven talking Steelers-Ravens in just a minute, but um, I've had very patient callers hanging on the line. Got to give them their – this is their, you know, 15 minutes of fame or maybe 15 seconds of fame. Uh, I got a feeling this is Bethlehem Steel. How are you, sir? I'm good, guys. How are you? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you sound lower than usual. Needy love. <laughs> low, low, lower, lower than low, or just low? Well, you know, you you probably shouldn't do heroin before you come on the show because, you know, it may oh. impair your ability to. I didn't punch. think you were going to put me on. I didn't think you were going to put me on so quick, but no. Just watch. Well, me. there you go. Sorry, I, we can go to somebody TV. else first if you like. No, 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 no. It's okay. I'll get my two minutes in and, and go. So, uh, um, I guess the whole thing now. We'll see how we do with Vic. Uh, I'm actually confident that we'll do okay. You know, if he doesn't try to hold the ball too long, I think, you know, that's been the talk on him this week. Uh, his When he gets in trouble is when he's holding the ball, patting the ball, and then he's trying to run around and make something happen. When, before he, you know, in the past, he could just take off and run and get 20 yards. If he can just throw the, get the ball out of his hands quick to our skill guys, you know, then our defense plays like they've been playing, and hopefully they're going to get better. Uh, and we could grind out a few wins and maybe be 500. You know, if Ben gets back and we're just above 500 or 500, then, you know, we could be continue on. You know, um, I'm not going to believe that he's going to be able to pull off a six-touchdown game like he did a few years ago. If you remember, I, I posted a clip of that. Um, but that was uh, when he played for the Crosstown golden standard foe team down there in Philly. So, uh, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, uh, let me just, let me hang on there for a second. So FC, do you think that Vic, there's been a lot of talk about that. He didn't look very good on Sunday. You you know, to me, it's like, he's, he's coming in right after, uh, you know, when the other quarterback gets injured, man, it's, you know, that's a rough time for the whole team because nobody knows what to make of that injury and so on and so forth. And they're probably, can't help themselves thinking the worst of it. The guy's got to come in and sort of, uh, you know, round up, the, circle the wagons and so on and so forth and with no reps during the week for, a, you know, on a team where he's barely played or practiced anyway. I mean, how how much of that was the sort of just the rust in the situation that he didn't look so great and how much of it was, you know, will be better for Thursday? What do you think? Do you think the preparation will help him? 
I think uh, preparation is going to help him a ton. Second thing that's going to help him is uh, the game plan is going to be completely changed because we're going to go from a right-handed team to a left-handed team as long as Michael Vick's our quarterback. Now, I'm not saying we're going to flip our wide receivers or anything like that, but um, we're going to be a heavy right, run-right team, I imagine, because uh, we're going to probably want to you know, do some movement with Vick and you know, rolling him to the left, left-handed quarterback. It makes a little bit of sense. Um, that also, you know, is probably be able to attack vertically pretty nice with Antonio uh, Brown for the time being. Um, we're obviously going to have to run right if you're going to get the boot action going. I think I already mentioned that. Um, and, you know, Michael Vick throws a far different ball than Ben Roethlisberger does. And I mean, don't mean the left-handed spin versus the right-handed spin. Michael Vick, um, the reason that uh, I thought he looked poor is he made poor decisions inside the pocket. He didn't read the defense quick enough. You know, it, you can't. You, he, he he has to make first read, second read, get rid of the ball, that or run. And I I mean that's horrible. But we got to go to the Cordell rules. You know, with Michael Vick, he's not. You know, he never has been a field general. He's not going to pick you apart. You know, um, he's not going to have a, probably a great completion percentage. We got to hope that the yards per completion, yards per attempt, is pretty high. Vertical passing works, and he does just enough to win games. We're not going to be the statistical powerhouse that we were, you know, with Michael Vick versus Ben Roethlisberger. This offense was built for Ben Roethlisberger, was not built for Michael Vick. Yeah, there are no style points, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, uh, Perch, just quickly before we go back to Beth Steele on the same subject, per- Vick throws actually a pretty good deep and intermediate ball, it's a, he gets in trouble to me when it's, it's with the sort of a tight windows, short middle of the field. Uh, do you notice something similar to that? Yeah, which is the Todd Haley offense. So, I mean, what he throws well, what he beat the Steelers with last year when, they, when he was with the Jets, and what he did well in preseason when Martavis Bryant was playing was chuck that thing deep. He throws, he's got a very, you know, it's, it's not a lot of loft on it, like a Flacco moon ball. He throws a, a laser downfield, you know, on a rope. The thing that scares me about Vic the most is, is the turnovers, where he had two fumbles this, this last game. One went out of bounds. I think one they recovered, and he threw one or two balls right into the defender's hands. So the small, short, intermediate passing game that really is the Todd Haley offense is basically the opposite of what you know Michael Vick is, is good at. Uh, so obviously they're going to change the game plan up to, to better suit him, to, to you know utilize his athleticism a little bit, to roll him out of the pocket, to – you know, FC made a good point. It's the Cordell Stewart offense. Where you basically give him, you know, you roll him out in space and you give him one side of the field to work with and one read, and you, you, they even did some of that with Ben early in his career. So I think that's what we'll see. They'll, they'll simplify things. They'll, you know, accentuate the running game and, and, and try and limit some things, and they're definitely going to take some deep shots. I think they're going to loosen things up with Hayward Bay and, and, and chuck the thing deep a couple times every game when Vic's in there. So, Beth, Deal. It's it's the run strong, throw long offense. Everybody loves that, don't they? I'll I'll take it any way we can get it, as long as we can win a few games while Ben's out. You know, it's good points on 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 Vic. Yeah, he can chuck that thing pretty far down the field. And uh, I'm just thinking, um, you know, I'm not going to get overly. Uh, you know, he only, we only got one fumble last week. Uh, perch, not two. Uh, you know, I'm keeping track. So. <laughs> no, I, there was one play when he was running uh, to the yeah. sideline where he was hit. They don't count those. Right? That's interesting. They don't. They don't count those. That's pretty interesting that they don't. I count saw it happen. I'm counting it. 
No, yeah, you, I yes, think it, I agree. But in the stat sheet, you know, those ones that you fumble out of bounds, they don't get shown. At, no, no, they count they, they count them. I think in this case he was already out of bounds. So that's he oh, did fumble okay. it, but I don't know that oh, okay. it was during the play. Yeah. I was out on the deck growing, you know, I was once Ben got once Ben got hurt, you know, briefly, you know, I was like, Oh God, you know, I was thinking the same thing you guys were. All right, was it an MCL? It looked like an MCL. I was outside, inside. I missed a few plays. Once Vic came in, I was in and out the, out, out the back door. But uh, if we can just keep everybody, you know, moving forward and not get hyped up, I think you made a good point. Like when Vic came in during the game, everybody's, you know, thoughts were on, you know, did Ben just go out for the year? And, you know, if, well, if we can just, you know, piece it together. And we did that when Ben got his knee hit by the San Diego idiot, remember? Yeah, we, we all were in the yeah. same boat, right? Indeed. Pulled it back together. I, I'll tell you what, he may not be the best fit for this offense, but I kind of feel like Mike Vick is a better backup quarterback than we've had in some time. I don't know. I, I would take Mike Vick 40, however old he is right now. He's not 40. I'm joking. But I would take the current version of Mike Vick over Gradkowski or Leftwich or Dennis Dixon. Yeah, I, I don't agree. know about Charlie, Charlie I, Bass. I agree Charlie with Bass that. Charlie Bass had a, you know, a little bit more moxie and stuff and was a little smarter with the football. Teams have to but, prepare for him differently, you know, than those yeah. guys mentioned, but well, we'll see. You know, I wish he had Martavis Bryant. Wish he had Martavis Bryant this weekend, though. That's what I was going to say. FC. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, FC. I said I think that uh, Vic's our best backup quarterback since Maddox. Tommy yeah, Maddox. well, there you go. Tommy, uh, trash is on my lawn, Maddox. <laughs> best deal. Thank you very much for kicking off the show, bud. Thanks, gents. Thanks. Have a good one. Enjoy the game try to, tomorrow. Try to make it through Later. tomorrow without uh, yeah. thinking about what ifs about if someone else were in there, man. Cause yeah, I got to go with up some new new material since the Pats are off this week. So. <laughs> oh, I got the a Pats- good one. I'll post it later. <laughs> You'll love it. Okay. All right. Bye. Good deal. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, moving on, uh, just a second to uh, to. Uh, I know who I know who this next caller is, uh, but but gents, uh, Mike Vick did make actually one really good throw, his very first throw of the game. I thought where he dropped it in, the, kind of dropped it into uh, Le'Veon Bell. I thought that was actually a pretty nice throw. So uh, he did not look great at, at times after that, especially the near interception and so on. But you know, not not half bad for that that uh, chemistry with Lev Bell on the back shoulder throw. Uh, we have with us now from sunny California, maybe? I don't know. You're Actually, on your for, the first time, uh, for the first time in uh, months, it's not sunny. It's, uh, it's a bizarre feeling. <laughs> dark, these dark skies, I'm not sure. Not sure if yeah, well, it was, you know, it was when, when Ben got hurt, the whole, every, all the sun went away from everywhere, just so you know. Yeah, I actually, I was pretty convinced he was out for the season. I, I think it was the, I think it was his response I don't have a photographic memory for all the times that Ben's been hitting the knee like uh, like others do. I think uh, you know, but I, I just I, I was thinking the worst right away. And um, by the way, I was about to comment that it was amazing that Beth got through his entire piece there, or whatever, without mentioning the Patriots, and he blew it with about ten seconds left. So <laughs> was, uh, I'm like, wow, he's going to get through all this without any like stats? Was there no fumble stats or anything else going on? And he, you know, didn't quite. Couldn't quite get there. But. And to be fair, I also made I made it all the way through without asking him 
which team would have more wins in October, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Vick or the Philadelphia Flyers. I think it might be a close call. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, hey, well, lifelong. You guys were saying, I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm definitely much more excited about Vic than other people we've had. But the other part too is, I mean, seems like we have some guys now that are doing a little better at catch points, and you know, like I think he can throw it up there. I mean, Vic is willing to throw it to guys, right? So, you know, Brown's winning at catch point. I mean, Bell made that catch you're referring to where Vic laid it out for him. So I, you know, I've got some some confidence. I think. Uh, you know, I'm talking about the turnover stuff. You know, I'm a, I, I really want to get them away from Doomerville as much as we can. That's the that seems to be the uh, thing I'd be most afraid about from that. You know, from that side is obviously he's had his way with Gilbert a few times in a row now. So yeah, you have to think Gilbert. Counter that, but that's been a little terrifying. As a perch, you'd have to think that Marcus Gilbert has the Elvis Doomerville poster above his bed, right? Uh, yeah, you know, but Doomerville really hasn't done a whole lot so far this year, knock on wood, but uh, I think he's got one sack and hasn't really uh, been, you know, he doesn't have slugs on the other side right now either, so he's the guy that's going to draw the attention. So, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it's a tough matchup for Gilbert for sure, but uh, I think he's up for it. He's played, you know, the best ball of his career this, this season. So he's been outstanding, so... Hey, hopefully he's turned the corner, and hey, like I said, it might be our our left tackle of the future right there, and Marcus Gilbert. So let's keep an eye on him. So you were uh, huh. talking earlier about uh, the difference in the defense. So what? I mean, what's really happening differently in terms of the attacking and the, and the front seven? Is it is it really significantly different than what we were doing last year, or is it kind of minor yeah. wrinkles? We're showing a lot more 43 looks than I ever expected us to be doing on first and second down, especially against power packages. I formation, two tight end looks by the offense on first and second down. Stewart's have actually run a lot more 4-3 than I can remember um, ever live. And I'm in my early 40s. I mean, we've been a 3-4 team since 83. And this is probably the most 4-3 looks the Steelers have shown since 1982. Um, it's a, it suits Jarvis Jones. I mean, it really does. He's perfect for that. He does well, and Stephen Tewitt is making plays underneath, uh, coming underneath blocks. He's done a really nice job playing three technique. Um, Stephen Clinton has played zero technique or two gap. Um, Cameron Hayward's making plays. Um, the thing that I think is different from this year's team than last year's team is this team, when it runs to the ball, they run to the ball violently with younger defenders. They're actually right. getting there. There was Jarvis Jones could have had four or five tackles for a loss um, against the Rams. Played excellent football. Um, the, 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 Steelers, the difference from this year to last year is the Steelers are beating blocks and they're getting there. Maybe it's younger legs, you know. Maybe it's improved talent or understanding, you know, what's going on better. But they're just making the plays that weren't there last year. I don't think that Keith Butler is doing anything miraculous over what Dick LeBeau did last year. It's just the level of play by the players is better. It's not the scheme. I believe the Johnnies and Joes, not the X's and S. Wait, Johnnies and Joes or Jimmy's and Joes? You're confusing me, man. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lifelong. Yeah, there was a play where two it, I think it might have been a third and long on a screen pass. I just can't remember what it was, but he tackled a guy like 10 yards downfield and was like screaming after him. He came, kind of came screaming out of the corner of the, the screen, and it was uh, really impressive. So he is definitely, uh, definitely an impressive guy. The, uh, the first, second, and fourth round picks from last year are kind of making me uh, forget about the third round. So, making me feel better. <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> so, Perch, one thing I think about this defense it stands out to me is that, not to say that previous couple of years they didn't care as much, but it just feels like this group is is a little bit more pissed off when they don't make plays, that it's not just they hang their heads, they actually are trying to figure out what happened and how to fix it so it doesn't happen again. I get the impression that they want to improve. Their want to improve is higher than some previous teams. I mean, um, you've got a lot of guys, you know, the downfall from, you know, 2008 or 2010 on was a lot of guys who had their egos built up because they were Super Bowl players and that everybody talked about what a great defense they were, and they kind of declined. And then they were replaced by these younger guys who were kind of intimidated and you know at the situation and coming into the Steelers' defense and, you know, had to bide their time. And now all these guys here is, boy, how awful – how awful is the Steelers' defense? If the Steelers' defense didn't suck so bad, this would be a Super Bowl team. So, I mean, those guys hear that. You know, they, they're not dumb. They're not blind to those sort of things. And, and they want to prove themselves. You've got a lot of young guys like Hayward and Tewitt and, and basically all the linebackers uh, that are there are just, you know, they're, they're wanting to establish themselves in the NFL and, and prove that, you know, the Steelers' defense isn't going to be the reason that they can't go deep in the playoffs. So, you know, it's a combination of those things, but you do have, it's a different group now. We don't have a bunch of old guys hanging on at the end of their career or a bunch of young guys who are too green to get on the field. You've got a bunch of young, hungry guys kind of emerging into, you know, their, their NFL careers. And, you know, it's, it's going to be definitely a team on the uptick in the next few years if they could just solve the uh, couple of holes they still have in the secondary. Yeah, well, from your lips to God's ear, uh, lifelong, before before you go, those of, those of you who are just listening to the show don't, regularly see SteelerFury.com. Lifelong likes to do uh, ranking the AFC contenders. I just have a question for you. Do you do you rank them based on who's their quarterback this week or who you think at this point will, will be the seed? So in other words, does Ben is Ben's injury knocking the Steelers way down? Well, I, I think that, um, that that's a really tough one. I haven't actually posted it this week. But um, I try to do it based on – you know, where I think they're going to be at in the season, how much of a threat they are. So I, I'm not going to ding the Steelers too much for, for uh, losing Ben for that amount of time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I try not to make too big a reaction from, uh, from week to week, and the quarterback would do that as well. So it's more of a long-term thing than it is short-term. Um, but I've been pretty horrible at it so far. So uh, we'll see if I can improve going forward. I've had, I've had a few – my uh, Ravens as the uh, top of the AFC to start the season isn't looking as good as uh, as I thought it would. I know somebody uh, on the call thought that the Ravens weren't going to make the playoffs. I'm trying to think who that was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think, I mean, they've been a, as consistent a bet as anybody for the last few years, and obviously they lost some people, but, uh, you know, um, they uh, at the end of last year, they're the team that probably had the best chance of beating the uh, beating the Patriots. So maybe, uh, it's maybe a, I just gave them, sent a little jinx their way. Maybe that's uh, what happened. But here's the thing, lifelong as as my friend FC will tell you, it's a week to week league. Actually, I think it's purchase says that. But at any rate, it's yeah. a week to week league, and you going by end of last year. Oh my God, just I mean I don't think people appreciate just how important Haloti Nada was to that team. I, I, to me, when I watched them. He did a lot of unsung stuff that opened up stuff for Suggs, that opened up stuff for uh, Williams and so on. Because you know, it's just he's just a cat that was a tough one-on-one you know guy who would just disrupt plays and create he was problems. A unique, he was a unique generational character uh, kind of player where you don't replace that sort of guy. Where he, you're right. I mean, he was one of the few big men that can stuff the run and. 
collapsed the pocket and brushed the passer. It just he created matchup nightmares for everybody he faced. Without him in there, I mean, that's a big difference for the defense. And he takes Suggs out too. And, and you're right, it's it's a big loss. I think people overlook that. Yeah, certainly yeah, happy to have not a gun. That's uh, that was that was definitely good news. Yeah, indeed. Anything else before I move on? I got callers galore, man. Nope. Get to the next guys. Good luck, fellas. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Hey, it's uh, on the line is uh, Charles Roy. No, I'm kidding. It's someone from Charleroi. I'm not sure who that would be, but I suppose we'll find out uh, when I press this button if it ever presses. Hello, button. Hello. Well, uh, FC, you have to talk about the the time the first time you went to Charleroi until I can get this working. Uh, um, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little town, little Charleroi. Um, Isn't Charleroi the place where the, the steel mill had like the flames coming out of it and stuff? I believe you drove so. by. Yeah. I believe so. Um, it's all down there on the Mon River. Beautiful Mon. <laughs> Where's the perch? Where is uh, Joe Montana? Is he? Is he no, he's from, from Monongahela. Ringgold, Monongahela, which is yeah, not too far yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, pretty close. Um, well, at any rate, uh, while I try to get this uh, updated and working, so we can take the next call, let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, the the Ravens matchup. Um, you know, I said I wanted to start with the front seven. You know, Steelers made a roster move, bringing uh, Chicolo up from the practice squad. Uh, I, I have a feeling that if you're going to bring him up from the practice squad, it sounds like you you might consider activating him. If that's the case, uh, then you know, do you think there's some method to this madness? In other words, they, they're thinking that the tackles for Baltimore might be a weak spot. No, I, I mean, uh, to me, it's uh, only two things. One would be James Harrison's injury might be, you know, something that is a little bit worse than, than what they're letting on to on a short week, which I hope that's not the case or I doubt. Or the second one is, you know, teams get notified if somebody's trying to sign your – uh, practice squad guys under their active roster, and the Houston Texans signed two uh, linebackers from other people's rosters this week onto you know on, from their practice squads onto their roster. Chicolo may have been one of those guys that people were looking at because he was a draft pick, and, and uh, oh, yeah. you know. And Car- it, Carolina did Carolina traded for a guy and picked Ryan Delaire off of practice squad as well. Exactly. So yeah, there's a lot of moving parts flying around right now. So to me, it just seems like. You know, the Steelers like that guy enough to keep him around, and they looked and said, hey, we're not going to let somebody steal him from us after they've been, you know, kind of pilfered for on their defensive ends the last two or three years in a row. So, yeah, I, I think that was probably more likely the case, and I, I doubt that he even dresses for the game. I think they just did it to protect him. We'll see Thursday night, but I, that's my guess. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Hey, uh, I, I'm not unable to, to uh, resuscitate Charleroi's call, uh, but I, I did get a guy who wants to come on and talk about his Toronto Blue Jays, I'm sure. It's Greek Steel. How are you, sir, from the Great White North? Let's go, Blue Jays. This <laughs> is Thunderdome. I'm actually What's going on, fellas? I'm actually pulling for Toronto if the Pirates don't win it. Good man. I'd like to see a Jays-Pirates World Series. That would be exciting. I would not. <laughs> but no, I could. They can I mash, they can mash for really, sure. Really, really hard. I got a buddy of mine that played hockey down here that actually uh, has Toronto. He won Toronto Maple Leaf, ba- uh, or obviously baseball, or Toronto Blue Jay baseball tickets, and he loved baseball. And he like sends like he posts like right behind home plate like every game. Oh, nice. Yeah. So great. Nice. So I was calling in to get some of that Michael Vick Kool Aid because I think he fucking sucks. 
<laughs> you don't think he has a dog's chance? I'm not. I oh, sorry. I, the failure. I sorry, do think I this week is And I guess when you look at alternative options, I guess it's not bad, but he stinks. But this game, don't you think he's in for a dog fight? That's what I. That's where I was going. I do. I think this game is actually winnable. It will be a close one, regardless. I uh, Sunday evening. I'm. I'm I hear. I can't believe I'm gonna have to cheer for that dog killing motherfucker. I'm like, mom, it's the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we like to talk uh, about how you know the Steelers way and all that business, but you know, this is the team we rooted for Ernie Holmes, right? I mean, you know, we we rooted for Ernie Holmes didn't kill no dogs. <laughs> no, but he just shot at people with a gun. Yeah, here's the thing. That, here's the thing. What's Ohio State, State Police? Situation. You got it Leonard was Ohio Little. Ohio State Police versus puppies. Come on. <laughs> you got Leonard Little and Dante Stallworth killing people with a car, running them over and killing them, and coming back in the league, and nobody protests. People forget about it. You know, this guy fought dogs, and and people just they'll never let it go. No matter what he does the rest of his life, they'll never let it go. No, and I mean, I, I I'm definitely not. Uh, saying that you know what he did wasn't a crime or serious or or worthy of scorn I, none of that but just like you know he's he did he's he's now you know he's got a job he's got to work i don't know what you expect a guy to do you expect him to like you know move to mars or something i don't know i just feel like he's entitled to have a job and if he's going to get a job and say all the right things and and be contrite and all the stuff that we like people to do whenever they've done wrong i think he's more or less done all of that and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I at least on the surface, it seems like it. And and Greek, I would say that you know, as Perch said, if he was the worst starting quarterback last year in the NFL, he's pretty close to the best backup. There's there's not that many guys that you'd be more psyched coming in as a backup quarterback. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. He's a turnover machine these days, though. He's a McNown brother. I'll tell you that. Ooh, they actually fucking both were pretty decent. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Nah. I would get them. I get them confused. I literally could not tell you which one is where. No, or, or or what's the difference then, between them? Like, you right, know, the one fuckers in. <laughs> I say the one fuckers in New Orleans. <laughs> the other guys in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the one. Combine the, the two, and you have about three quarters of a quarterback. Yeah, not not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, Greek, did I ever did I ever tell you that? Uh, I must have told you on the show when you called in once that I went to uh, – I saw a Blue Jays game at uh, ex- Exposition – Exhibition? Ex- ex- yeah, Exhibition Stadium. Exhibition Stadium, yeah, the first season. So That was way I, back. Yeah, that's, that's probably before your time, I'm guessing. Yes. The way back. Uh, well, no. It wouldn't have been before – first game at Exhibition Stadium, you mean? Like in the 70s? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was seventy-seven. No, I was around. Nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, exactly. How before so I got my, I got my Blue Jays hat. I thought I was cool. I was a cool kid. Good man, so you were there in the snow, right? Just about. <laughs> it wasn't the first, very, very first day, but it was, it was uh, pretty early that year. I think I maybe maybe it was May. Yeah. So, yep. At any rate, so I go way back with the, I go way back with your Blue Jays, and I'm a Troy Tulowitzki fan, so. Uh, good man. If he ever comes back and plays for you. At any rate, uh, anything else on Thursday that you got on your cranium, as they say? Uh, no, that was it. I'll listen in on you guys. Keep up the good work. 
That was it. Now we have to come up with stuff to say. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you, Greg, for calling in. Um, all right, fellas. Look, we have to we have to come up with something interesting to say about the Ravens again. Perch, I could just press repeat on what you say every time we play the Ravens, right? Uh, not really. I mean, it's kind of a different Ravens team. They've got they've lost some of the usual suspects. Kind of like you know, I've said for years the Ravens are two years behind the Steelers. You know, with uh, with Flacco's contract and him being drafted a couple years behind Ben and. And, you know, us winning a Super Bowl and then them coming and winning a couple years behind us and us getting the salary cap hell. And that's kind of where they are. Remember we started the year, it was a 4 a couple years back. It's exactly where they are right now. And they kind of, you know, had to adjust to, you know, Suggs has got another Achilles injury. And at his age, it might be the last you see of him. Uh, and we talked about Nada being gone. And their secondary's kind of a mess, kind of like our secondary's been a mess. And, you know, they have pretty devoid of, you know, receiving talent right now. So it's it's a different Ravens sort of team right now. They're kind of in transition. I agree. Hey, FC, if, uh, yes. if, the, if the parallel holds, is James Hurst the Mike Adams of the Ravens 2015? Or... Possibly. How about this, B2B? Whenever you we talk about football, you always want to talk about weapons. It's one of the first things. In today's football, you have to win with weapons. Don't you feel that way, sir? Absolutely. Could you name me the two starting wide receivers for the Baltimore Ravens? Steve Smith uh, no. Senior is one. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve Smith Senior is one, and number two is your guess is oh no no it's the uh, Brandon Brandon Doss. No, I think it's Kamar Aiken. Correct, sir. That's Kamar yeah. Aiken. Wow. <laughs> um, and now um, this week, uh, Crocker Gilmore, pretty decent tight end actually. Out. Out. Yep. out. He's out. Yeah. So Max Williams. Can't block. I mean, you're going to try to use him in the passing game. Let me put it this way. Your boy, Jimmy Graham, is like Mark Bavaro run blocking compared to Max Williams. <laughs> Wait, this is high praise from you because yeah, Mark Bavaro is yeah, the yeah, best yeah. tight end that's ever played, I right? Their, I believe their third tight end is Nick, Do- uh, Nick Doyle or Boyle. Nick Boyle. Boyle. He's another young guy. First yeah, second from year Delaware, year. who should be playing yeah. left offensive tackle in front of Eugene Monroe um, and James Hurst, by the way. Um, so they um, – Justin Forsett is back to being Justin Forsett. He's a 4'7 guy that's small, that has good vision. So, you know, Lorenzo Talaferro is not really lighting the world on fire, and Buck Allen got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Two out of the three games that he's played in the NFL, he's gotten absolutely drilled. So, you know, offensively, they have Joe Flacco, and as much as I hate Burt, 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 running around. Um, he actually can throw ball. He has a great arm, and he can throw balls in the small windows. But he really doesn't have a lot of talent. And his offensive line, um, Perch was 100% right a couple years ago about uh, Calicio Samuli being a fantastic guard. I'll go as far as saying I think he's one of the top five guards in the NFL. The rest of their offensive line is fucking terrible. It's pretty bad. I mean, Eugene Monroe – is wow is gonna be, he looks like a horrible free agent at in my opinion he struggled bad last year and he's not much better this year and he's um, always hurt yeah and then defensively um, <laughs> Brandon Williams is an absolute hoss but he's just basically Casey Hampton Joel Steed where he's gonna destroy two gaps but he's not gonna push the pocket and he's just gonna do what he does and Timmy Jerrigan's terrible against the run uh, Doomerville. You know, is he's, that's not his game either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, 
and he's 30 fucking 8 now. Um, despite what a lot of people think, uh, hands down, C.J. Mosley is by far, far and away, and it's not even close, the best inside linebacker in the NFL. Far and away. It's not even comparable. Luke Keekley plays middle. I'd say Luke Keekley when healthy, is on the same plane. There is not another NFL player that's even in the same sentence on the inside. So Navarro Bowman is not at least in that conversation? No. No. Oh. I like, I, I, and I'm a big fan of Navarro Bowman. He's second tier, in my opinion. The top tier is C.J. Mosley and Luke Keekley when healthy. Um, oh, let me put it this way. Um, your boy, Paul Warflow, Warlow of Atlanta, is a very good player. That doesn't that that doesn't get enough opportunities. Yeah, but Hess, I'll tell you what you know. Just in this in the last two minutes of conversation, uh, we we there's a lot of stuff on this show that we get wrong and we don't know that much about. We're we're pretty good at the talent evaluation coming out of the draft. That's right. Perch, FC, you guys, you know we you know and you know every once in a while I hit on one. We're you, you know, know a lot, this is the, this is the place to this is the <laughs> place to get your Darryl draft Smith. info here. You look at Daryl Smith, who's their other inside yeah. linebacker. He's pretty good, but he's getting up there. Courtney Upshaw is good against the run. He can set an edge. Really can't rush the passer. I mean, it's not his game. Ladarius Webb, eh, you know, he's pretty good. You know, Jimmy Smith, I mean, he gets a lot of publicity. He got a lot of money. He just really doesn't play that great. And um, I know Will Hill third is, well, um, probably the most penalized player in the NFL. Um, if a, a – an offensive tackle gets in within five yards of him. He's trying to tackle him before he can get to the ball. Um, and then they have little Kendrick Lewis, who I was a fan of, but he's really not a great fit for what Baltimore needs because Kendrick Lewis, he's, he's good in coverage, but he can't cover three-quarters of the field, which you need to do whenever you have Will Hill as your starting strong safety. Yeah. So, I mean, per- the Ravens are going to be 0-4, and it's not anything that's Jim Harbaugh's fault. Or and I don't think it's necessarily anything that's Ozzie Newsom's fault. It's just it happens in the NFL. You're good, and then you're not good anymore. And yeah. it's amazing that the Steelers have pretty much stayed pretty good. You know they had the eight and eight seasons, but you know the consistency that they've had pretty much nonstop since 2000. We'll say 2000 since Ben came here to 2004 to to now. Even before that, I mean, we're a talented team. And we've maintained a lot better than other teams in the NFL over that period of time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Bart, I hate like Kevin Colbert. Said, Fuck him. I still want him fired. But. <laughs> so, so Perch, having heard all that from FC, ran down pretty much their entire team from Sorry. offensive and defense. No, no, it, it's brilliant actually. But, but Perch, what does it mean? What does it mean for Thursday night? I mean, first of all, just to break it down, what will the the Ravens' offense? try to do against the Steelers because I have a feeling that, you know, we saw Steelers defense get a lot of pressure against San Francisco, uh, against Green Bay in the exhibition season, but not so much against uh, the, you know, the other teams that they faced. But this might be a week where the Steelers pressure makes it very difficult for the Ravens offense. Yeah, that's the thing. You kind of look at the Ravens offense right now and, and they've got two guys. I mean, it's been Steve Smith and uh, the tight end Gilmore. And they, they've accounted – those two guys have accounted for like 67% of their passing game. And after that, you've got a bunch of nobody, and those receivers are nobodies. Um, if you can kind of take Steve Smith out of the game or limit him, uh, it, I, I just have a hard time trying to figure out how they're going to attack the Steelers because it, they're down an offensive lineman, their offensive line's banged up and not quite as, as good as with, what you're accustomed to with those guys. Their running backs aren't getting off right now. 
they're going to start a rookie tight end, and they don't have their second, you know, really don't have a good second option, receiving option at tight end, where they've, you know, kind of spread the Steelers out before in the past with two and three tight ends down in the red zone and, and gotten matchup issues uh, against us with that. I don't know. I just think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring defensive sort of game. And then you look at the, you know, if you look at the Ravens' defense too, they're giving up 300 yards and two passing touchdowns every game. That they're just they they struggle all over the place. I mean, if if Ben was in there, I would think this game was going to be a lapper uh, after seeing who's all out for the Ravens. But it's uh, it's going to be a weird game. It's going to be one of those 13 to 10 sort of games, and and you know, it's it's going to come down to a turnover, which worries me about, about Vic. You know, maybe they get a sack fumble that leads to a cheap touchdown. Things like that are, it's, it, I think it's going to be what decides this game. Yeah, I guess. But uh, FC, in terms of, you know, the, the 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 Ravens' run game, I mean, the thing that set up their pass game and all those defensive pass interference penalties, I think more than anything was just the threat of their and the consistency of their run and screen game. But they don't really have the guns to run that right now, do they? I mean, they have Steve Smith, and they have Aiken on the outside. You, you no longer have Torrey Smith. You no longer have Bolton out there big. You know, Jimmy's – I mean, uh, Torrey Smith wasn't necessarily big, but he was very fast, and he was long, and he could pressure a cornerback. Steve Smith is more of, a, you know, like a – like Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't want to say poor man's Antonio Brown because Steve Smith's been – Pretty good player. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. But, you know, Steve Smith is Antonio Brown, you know, but he's Antonio Brown in 2024. <laughs> you know, he's, he's been around for, you know. So, and the other thing is, is for the screen game to really work, the, the, the Ravens have moved away from the, like, Zuta is an athletic offensive lineman, but I wouldn't describe Ricky Wagner or Osemele, his athletic offensive lineman, you know, they're going to get out and, you know, do a great job in space. Um, Marshall Yanda is, you know, not what he once was, you know. Um, for the for the the Ravens are, whenever they, the clipping got started getting called, the, the, the chopping from behind, that's now clipping. They added that into the NFL, into – you can no longer do that. That took a lot of weight, a lot away from the Baltimore run game because they were probably one of the dirtiest, most vicious run blocking teams in the NFL. You can no longer cut a defender from behind, dive into the back of his legs as he pursues the ball, which was legal up until this past offseason. So that takes away a lot of their stretch game. Yeah. Well, that's it's obviously hurt them. I mean, just you know, they're to me it's just like they were the best when they ran that stretch play incessantly with a guy like Ray Rice who could really make the most of it, or maybe they didn't bring some fresh legs in with a bigger back and just, you know, wear, wear you out with that to the point where once you started cheating on it at all with your safeties, then they hit you over the top with the, the moon ball shot and all that business. And it just feels like they, they, they can't go to that right now. Like it's their bread and butter is missing. So it's like, there's no there there in their offense. Um, but I mean, you know, we've seen stranger things. It's, it's a week to week league. Someone told me. Um, so, you know, they could try something completely different this week that works. But, uh, first let's talk about the other side for a second. You know, as, as FC said, if you got Ben in there, you have the option of doing a lot of different things against a team like the Ravens that, you know, that you, any, anything that you need to do to win, you can try. But with Vic, you know, it feels like the one area where there might be some trouble is Brandon Williams in the middle of that defense. 
you know, and Cody Wallace. That that to me seems like a matchup that anytime that Baltimore can kind of get themselves into that, that they're going to win uh, the matchup most of the time. And if that's the case, you know, the way that you beat that is to try to throw those quick passes to the outside, you know, to do do something uh, that gets you away from the middle of that defense. But the problem is that that's not really suited to Vic's game, is it? Well, no, I think that they'll maybe run some, some stretch plays and, and do some misdirection things just to kind of get those guys moving. I don't think they're just going to line up and try and run right over the nose tackle against these guys. So, you know, we talked a little bit about that just earlier in the segment, just, you know, getting Vic out of the pocket, rolling him out, doing some misdirection stuff, and then loosening that defense up with some deep shots. So, to me, Darius Hayward Bay is a guy that's going to, I think, factor big in this game where they're probably going to, you know, build in two to three set plays you know, 30 yards down the field for him because that's his strong points going fast and Vic's strong point is throwing long and, you know, the Ravens secondary is, you know, not too too hot right now. So I, I think that's kind of more the direction they're going to go is, you know, misdirection things, maybe a gadget play here and there. There's going to be, you know, some, some things other than just running right up the gun at, uh, at that big nose tackle. So, so FC, we're going to see our, the debut of Jesse James, it sounds like. Uh, how do they? T- how do the Steelers deal with not having Matt space for this game? Uh, I mean, I, I, is it going to be James or will it be Will Johnson or how? I think it's going to be Villanueva. I think it'll be Villanueva in there. They're going to use him as a second tight end. That's my guess. Wow, that would be that would be awesome if true. I mean, why uh, not? I mean, Matt Spath is tackle eligible. He doesn't go out for passes. He's a glorified blocker, and and they've done that in the past with with Mike uh, Mike Adams, where they yep. you know. Uh, and they had a guy down. That's the guy that they bring, especially if they're going to be looking to go into a power running game and, if and playing that kind of football. If you how you get Brandon Williams blocked, is that's, if, if, if Venueva is your second tackle, any you know run that's to the strong side of the formation, you have an automatic double team on Williams with Wallace. And if you're running to the right, it's going to be Wallace and DeCastro. If you're running to the left, it's going to be Foster and Wallace. And I just downwalk with Ben Wave on an outside linebacker. You know, I don't care how good that uh, – that's my pit bull, by the way. Um, how good that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Courtney Upshaw from Alabama is against the run. He ain't going to be handling 340 with an angle. It's just not happening. So we should be able to get the edge. That is something I didn't think of that puts a little smile on my face is if we do play – you know, Venezuela as uh, the second tight end. I think the Steelers might try to keep play very close to the vest. I do agree that we're going to probably have, you know, three or four vertical passes built in for either Wheaton or Hayward Bay um, to take the top off of coverage. You never know. This might be the week that Dry Archer makes one huge play that changes the game. You know? You're going to have to account. <laughs> you know the Baltimore probably. If he gets ahead. I don't care that Michael. Yeah, I don't care if Michael Vick is forty fucking years old. You know that teams are saying, "Keep him in the pocket. Do not let him break contain. If he breaks contain, he can score." Yeah, he still moved pretty good last year, so he's only a year older than the Jets game, where he looks. I think that he's probably he's still pretty fast. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran sub four five still, or right around four five. See, your your dog knows you're talking about Michael Vick. That's what the problem yes. is right now. Yeah, once <laughs> you're that motherfucker to... dead. He's going to give you a look. He, he may actually uh, do some acting out later by leaving you a little present on your bed or something. <laughs> watch out. She better not. Awesome. She's a good girl. <laughs> right on. Well, um, I, got, I got told that she was going to be 60 pounds. 
and she's 112. So oh, and she's God. not fat. I'm gonna I'll post the picture of her, and uh, oh, she's a house. Yeah, that sounds like trouble. She's a good girl. That sounds like trouble. It's fully well, listen, cat. So. Listen, um, guys, we'll uh, we will uh, get back for our predictions of this game just quickly. Um, our around the NFL segment brought to us by um, an asterisk. Uh, a, a judge who's actually the friend of the owner and uh, Roger Goodell. And who else did we have last week? We had a new sponsor. I can't remember. Somebody good. Uh, <laughs> Gene Senator. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, do you, oh, no, I know who it was. It was, uh, yeah, close, very close. It's the, uh, Mike Pereira. There you go. Mike That's Pereira. right, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Perch, what, what, uh, what game are you going to – watch on this weekend that we don't have Steelers football. Anything interesting jump out of you? Oh, for this Sunday coming up? Uh, yeah. Are you honestly, take I take advantage of Yeah, I haven't looked at it too, too closely yet. I, I guess, um, oh, let's see here. Cincinnati, Kansas City, maybe. Yeah, that Giants-Bills game, I think, is a little bit intriguing. That's what I'd like to see a little bit. I think that, uh, you know, the Bills have been, you know, pretty hot so far this season, and the Giants seem to be turning things around. It's kind of a Critical game for both of those teams. That's going to be a good one to watch. Who do you, who do you like? Uh, the Bills, actually. I think the Bills uh, do enough on defense to, to win that game. And little Tyrod Taylor. Can we call him officially little Tyrod Taylor? I think that would be a good one for him. <laughs> T-Mobile. Also, also good. Very nice. FC, what do you, what do you, what's interesting to you this weekend? Anything exciting? Um, I'm going to watch probably – now that Ben's down, probably the most explosive offense in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm not a big fan of the team, but Julio Jones and Matt Ryan they look a little bit like they have some good, like AB and uh, Ben and uh, Devontae Freeman. Actually, you know, showed me a little something last week. Um, but I'm definitely going to be watching the Kansas City Cincinnati game. You know, that's in my opinion, that's the game of the week. Hey, by the way, through three weeks. Dan Quinn is the coach of the year in the NFL. What, that, that's a hell of a job. Totally different. Bruce Arians. Totally different. Yeah, Bruce yeah, Arians, actually. Bruce Arians wins that thing every year from here on out till, till, <laughs> till further notice. He makes Carson Palmer look good. Yeah, it's true. They were, um, I guess, I, I, I can't remember the statistic. They were, what is it, the, in the red zone, they'd scored a touchdown on every possession Except for one where they took a knee. They had to kick a field goal because there's only one second left. Right. I thought they took and a knee or something. That's crap insane. Like that. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I Just one more question, and that is, uh, I mean, are we are we in agreement that right at this very moment, New England is the best team in the NFL? No. Who do you like? Do I think the best team in the NFL is right now, if you ask me? I think there are several teams that could beat New England. Um, if you ask me, the best team in the NFL is right now. Wow, that's tough. I'm gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, the, the Carson NFL, Palmer. Yeah, and you, Palmer's and, my I, only think, I think they're. I think they're top two, and I think they might lead the NFL in a good number of defensive categories, and lead the NFL in most offensive categories. I think they have seven interceptions already, three return for a touchdown. They just uh, yeah. it's a ridiculously talented defense and got a good special teams with David Johnson from Northern Iowa. Hey, Pert, Pert, look at look at this. I just you know FC points this out to me. It makes me think for a second. Tyron Matthew, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Antonio Brown, maybe even lump Jamal Jamal Charles in there. 
some of the smallest players in the NFL, Sproles, have had the most impact in the first three weeks of this season. That was Julian Edelman. Steve Smith. Yeah, there you go. Julian Edelman. Yep. Darren Sproles, last week for Philadelphia. Yeah. Three Archer? Archer. Yeah, he's next. He's next. (laughs) He's getting ready. He's 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 good. If He's Haley can only get, get into space from behind the Halloween directions, we're gonna have the elf in the shelf. <laughs> elf <for Christmas. laughs> Could be. Um, I guess you know. I would. I would have to mention the Green Bay Packers. I'm not sure that I think Green Bay is gonna win the Super Bowl or anything, but they, uh, you know, I'm impressed. They look pretty yeah, good. Jordy Nelson. I did. I would. I would be. But I. I Devonte Adams here. Yeah, James Jones looks here. like you know. He's he's reliving his his youthful uh, days with Green Bay. At any rate, gents, that's our illustrious around the NFL segment. Do 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 do. Feel like we need a theme music drop for that. It's boring without it. Anyway, uh, and your and your uh, your wisdom needed, gentlemen. FC, I'll start with you. Steelers and Ravens. We've talked about the you know the particulars of the matchup. What do you think will actually happen in this game? Uh, Steelers win 22-19, sticking with the three-point difference or the three points that separate the two teams in every game, it seems. Um, Michael Vick's going to do just enough to have you grab at your chest, thinking, oh, you fucking bum. And going to do just enough to probably, you know, lead the team to victory. Um, Baltimore, um, they're just not the same team. This isn't the same Steelers team either without Ben. But uh, I think Baltimore opens up own four and they're done. Wow. Did you give me a score in there? Yes, I did. 22-19. 22-19. Yeah, the scores are getting harder to pick this year. Not that we were ever any good, but but the scores have been all over the place because of the two-point thing. Uh, Perch, how do you see it? Pretty similar. I mean, I, I've kind of gone back and forth. When Ben went out, I pretty much immediately jumped on the Ravens to win this game by three. And, you know, after seeing some of the injuries they have as well, it, it just – they're kind of a mess, and it's a short week, and it's it's on the road in Pittsburgh on prime time. I, I think the Steelers find a way to do enough. I think James Harrison comes with a big sack fumble. He he and Cam Hayward are due. They've been pretty quiet so far this year, and they're too good of players to stay quiet that long. And you mix in a little James Hurst, and it's just recipe for disaster. I think that the Flacco is going to get sack fumbled a couple times, and Vic might do the same, but I think the Steelers uh, find a way just to squeak it out of, let's say, I don't know, 23 to 20 sort of win. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, I I hadn't hadn't had a real good feel for this game because you know my my experience with the the Ravens Steelers is that oftentimes what should happen in the game on paper isn't really how the game plays out. They just end up playing close to the best games on both sides, and then all, you know in that situation, all it takes is one or two plays to go the wrong way for you, and things can really get mixed up. But I think the Steelers are capable of uh, dominating pass rush against what the Ravens are going to put out there on the field offensively. I think we're going to feel decent about our, uh, our edge rushers, particularly against this team because they just don't really have the talent on the outside. Uh, and that's a, you know, that really limits being able to go downfield for Flacco, which I think he's pretty good at obviously. Uh, and I, their, their run game right now, I'm just not seeing it. Uh, have the same dominance that we come to, you know, we immediately think of the Ravens Steelers. We think of the Ravens, you know, having some success on the ground against the Steelers and stuffing the Steelers run game. 
I have a feeling it's going to be a little looser than that uh, for the Steelers running it, and it's going to be a little bit tighter for the Ravens than usual. So I, I do think the Steelers are going to score 23 points in this game, maybe benefiting from a defensive short field. I think they're capable of doing that against this team. And uh, the Ravens, you know, maybe more like uh, 17. So how about let's say 23-17 for the Steelers. Uh getting a Thursday night victory. You know, the Thursday night games tend to be a little bit on the ugly side. So maybe not be all all uh, roses and lavender, but I think uh, Michael Vick will probably play well enough in a caretaker role. He knows, you know, he's driving the Ferrari, just has to get it home without wrecking it. And he can get a couple of parking tickets. It's not that big a deal, but you just got to get it safely back to the garage. Uh, I, I will be thoroughly surprised if Antonio Brown is still not Antonio Brown in this game, a lot of people are speculating he's, he might be uh, due to, you know, have his, not only his streak ended the meaningless streak, but that he won't have the same impact with Michael Vick in there. But I got a feeling they will figure out some ways to get Antonio Brown involved in the game. Uh, I like the Steelers here on Thursday night. Uh, Perch, give me a last word. Just very Baltimore. You know, we've never lost a playoff game against an AFC North opponent until that game last January or whatever the hell it was last year. you got to bury Baltimore. you got a chance to put your, your foot on their neck and bury them. Just bury them. you got to win this game, for not just for our playoff hopes, but to end theirs. Get it done. I can't argue in any, in any respect with that statement, FC. What do you got for me? Doers win this game with a fake bubble screen go to Antonio Brown, which puts them over the 5-50 and 50 mark to continue the streak. Well, there you go. That could be. I'm, I'm almost on the same line as you, FC, for my final word, which is, you know, we always complain, Ben, you know, for all the great skills that he has, he's not the best in the, in the short screen game to the running backs, uh, which is something that, you know, seems like our team should be good at. We seem like we have the talent for it, but we don't do it as well and the Ben, for whatever reason, doesn't sell the screen as well as could be. Maybe we were able to throw a couple of uh, screens in this game, like running, like traditional running back screens. That sounds like fun for a change, you know? It's like if you're going to have a, 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 you know, what's it called, a loaner car from the dealership while yours is in the shop, then, uh, you know, rent something fun. Have them, have them give you something that you can go off-road with, right, instead of the Ferrari so maybe we'll do a little off-roading this week on Thursday night. Uh, listen, it's, you're going to have to stay up late on Thursday, so uh, get a good night's sleep Wednesday night because, you know, we're older now, and sometimes it gets to that, like, you know, 11 o'clock, you're, you're a little tired. So get some rest, guys. Uh, um, on behalf of uh, not only SteelerFury.com and uh, our friend Fury, who keeps that all together, and uh, our, our pal Hard Nose, I want to shout out to Hard Nose because, you know, we miss him, on, not only on the show, on the site, Talk at Steelers, uh, and uh, haven't had a chance to get him on the show for a while. But uh, not only on behalf of those guys, but also our wonderful callers, uh, Bethlehem Steel, Lifelong Steel, whoever called from Charleroi and, and got disconnected, I, I feel bad for you because, A, you got disconnected, and, B, you live in Charleroi, and also <laughs> our fan, Greek Steel, from the Great White North. Thank you all. This is Bradshaw to Ben uh, with FC and Steel Perch saying, Go get them, Steelers. Talk to you after a big victory against the Ravens on Thursday night. Good night, boys. Take care. Go Steelers.
And uh, have another donut, freak. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.